Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Do you want to talk about disaster relationships? Yeah, I love playing disaster relationships in games. Cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Panda's Talking Games. I am your host, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And for today's episode, we have a question from Paul, who asked, Thanks for the Panda discussion on the topic I sent in. Um, I enjoyed listening to it on my bike ride this morning. Topic follow-up that comes to mind because I've been reading Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Hey, by sheer happenstance, I am recording that this afternoon. More on that later. Um, Could you talk about playing relationships that are disasters, whether with NPCs or with other PCs? Absolutely. We are here to help. Um, And in order to do that, I'm going to quickly define what we're considering a disaster relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, A disaster relationship for today's episode, we're going to, uh, at a very high level, right, define this as a relationship that creates a significant complication for the character. Or characters. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, And in order to do that, in order to kind of um, build up our definition a little, we actually are going to deep dive into what... Uh, makes up a disaster relationship, like some of the components. And then I think what you'll see from there is how we can uh, define a disaster relationship. And then we're going to just give you some good tips about running disaster relationships. So define and tips. It's kind of our bread and butter around here. (laughs) All right. You you know how it used to be one shots and campaigns? Do you remember yeah. that that show was like, remember that show like five years ago we used no, no. to do? Yeah, no, no, no. But I'm, what I'm saying is I think I need to change all of our descriptions to be definitions and tips instead of what's possible. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's definitely Sorry. possible. Please carry on. No, it's fine. All right. So let's get into a breakdown of what makes up the disaster relationship. Send a first. Why don't we talk about the relationship? And then you could talk at the highest level about the um first category of disasters uh sure yes good do you want me to do the definition i'm like shocked okay so firstly um a relationship is a connection between you and another character whether it's a pc or npc whether it's a single other character um like if you have a one-to-one relationship or if you have a one-to-many relationship like it could be groups of people etc um tangling together Um, so there's kind of two ways that these can go. It either is a disaster, right? Like the relationship from the beginning is bad, but unavoidable. Um, when one of the PCs and the big bad are in love or in lust, right? Like there's nothing about that that's not starting as a disaster. It's going to be a problem. Um, And you know it's going to be a problem when you do it, but you're doing it because it's going to be cool and interesting, or at least I hope so. Um, Or you may have a relationship that becomes a disaster. So the relationship starts off good or neutral, whatever it is, right? And then it becomes bad at some point um, because something happens or changes about that relationship. Um, So, you know, one of your friends betrays you um, or, you know, you accidentally blew up someone's house and now they don't like you, whatever that is. 
Right. And by bad, we mean that the disaster part has kicked in. Right. Yes. It, and that's, you know, I, we use bad in kind of quotes here because if you are here for playing the disaster relationships like Senda is, that yep. isn't really bad. It's right? not bad. Like, <laughs> it's what you're here for. But in, I'm here the, for. in the context of the character and the story they're in, it's probably bad. It's not a good relationship. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yep. Okay. Next up. Um, as we're categorizing and kind of um, dissecting these disasters and these disaster relationships is what is the nature? What type of disaster are we talking about here? Um, so here are some types of disasters. I don't think this is a complete list, but I think this covers a lot. Um, the first one is it could be emotional. So yeah. whatever this complication that arises, um, it takes an emotional toll on the character. Um, it could be a resource uh, disaster, which means the complication uses up limited resources, like your buddy spends all your gold on yep. you, right? Yeah. Um, the disaster could be plot related. So whatever your current plot is, uh, whatever the disaster is, it has now made the, that plot more difficult to achieve. Yes. That's where things like betrayals and things like that kind of fall into. Um, are like, you thinking no, of something else? Yeah. Yeah. The Grand Vizier um, now doesn't like you. And while he's not going to actively act, act against you, he's also not going to help you with the queen. Like sure. he's not going to get you an audience, right? Like, <laughs> sorry, you got to figure out something else now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the last one is physical. The complication could actually result in physical damage, uh, whether it's to the character, um, to something the character cares about, to uh, bystanders, city, whatever. Um, that is also uh, a type of uh, disaster. And of mm -hmm. course, you can combine these, right? So, And, and inevitably you will. Yeah. Right? A, a, a complication to the plot may also result in emotional um, fallout or physical fallout or something like that. Don't think of them as discrete, but just kind of think of them as as um, where could your disaster uh, fall upon? Yeah, and I, I mean, I will just say before we move on to the next thing, I think that usually just by default, when we create disaster relationships, we are creating relationships that have one or more of these types in them, but the plot part is one of the pieces that is very usually there not all the time right not but well maybe it's just the disaster relationships that i play usually end up being involved in the <laughs> so i think it so i think a lot of this will fall to where does the npc fall um in the story right so for instance yes you could have your npc be an integral part of the plot therefore this disaster relationship has plot fallout quite frequently or you could have something like the character is um, a superhero and um, their emotional disaster is with their secret identity and their significant other who doesn't really get wrapped up in any plot stuff. But it's what happens like after the big bad, like after the fight in that, you know, in that session, they come home and they missed a dinner. Or they missed the kid's ball game or something like that. And there's like some emotional fallout for that. But um, it doesn't really affect like fighting with the ice king. Right. Go that's ahead. fair. 
That's totally fair. Um, I think the thing that I was going to say, and this may be part of the reason that I say that, is I think if you have relationships that are between two PCs, it is hard to keep that kind of stuff from spilling over and creating plot complications kind of inevitably, or plot complications inevitably can make that disaster relationship change and be different. Um, so... Yeah, I think that's 100% yeah. true, right? And since a lot of the disaster relationships that I'm playing are PC to PC, um, when my fiance turned into a giant bug alien, that was a plot point that had a big influence on our relationship going forward. <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely the kind of thing where you don't have to do that. Um, sure, you don't have to. No, you don't. You do not have to. Right, and that's and that's, that's going to have everything to do with the initial as you were saying, the initial relationship, what is the relationship? And then really, what is the proximity of that character to the plot of the story? Yeah, yeah, that's super fair. And when I was making the comment about plots, I was definitely thinking about my personal history with disaster relationships, which, as I said, has been almost entirely PC to PC. Yeah. Um, And those are people who are obviously integral to the plot because they're the people that the plot is about, the PCs. Anyway, actually, I want to I actually want to just unpack some more of this. Um, Yeah. And this is important because where that is. So this is and we'll get to this when we talk about um, playing them a bit more. But if your table is like, say, not about exploring disaster relationships, they, you know, they like to do this other story thing. But some players would like a little drama or something in their uh, lives. These kind of disaster relationships are great B-plot things, right? Where they happen outside of the mission, the superhero battle, the dungeon or whatever. And they're the things that happen like when they go back to town, go home, come back from deployment, those kinds of things. They become that B-line, like that B-storyline thing. Um, And they can add that little bit of drama And because they're B plots and kind of separated from the main plot, they're the kind of thing that for people who don't want disaster relationships, um, they can have something completely different as part of their B plot. Um, And the other player can get their little bit of um, drama and heartbreak and stuff like that without, you know, the people who don't want that in the game. Now I know it's alien to you because that's not remotely how you like to play, (laughs) but I actually play with, I actually have players like who definitely don't want that stuff in their game with some who do. And so it works out really well. And again, this has everything to do with the proximity of the NPC to the plot. Right. And that's not to say, and I'll just say one more thing and we'll wrap this up. It's not to say that you can't move an NPC into the plot at some point, right? At some point, every superhero's significant other winds up accidentally out in the wrong place when the bad guys attack or somehow, you know, become the target or whatever of a bad guy. And now your B plot has slid into your A plot. Totally right. possible when you want to do that, but also completely reasonable to separate them out um, to create that particular style of play. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. All right. So that was the type of disaster, right? Just to recap really quickly, emotional resource, plot, and physical. Senda, tell us about the type of impact this disaster could have. Yeah. Um, and the, we've got three really broad categories, just to be clear here. And they probably encompass most things, but you can tell us if we missed one. Um, so they might have comedic 
results, right? If the complications end up creating humorous challenges or situations, um, like that's totally fine. You could play the superhero and the big bad being in love and it, depending on the tone itself of the game, that could be pretty funny, right? It could be like, haha, I stopped you. Okay, cool. Well, I'll see you home in 20 minutes for dinner, right? And that might be pretty humorous. Um, it has a lot to do with how you've decided to run the game to begin with. It could also go uh, dramatic, where it's creating dramatic challenges. Um, superhero and the big bad are in love. Um, now we're talking about broken hearts, um, ripped up emotions because the tone of the game is dramatic instead of comedic. Um, and, um, you know, instead of going home to their toddler after they finish fighting for the day, they're, you know, um, kind of having a Romeo and Juliet kind of situation, right? Where like everything's falling apart around them. They can't quite get together, whatever it is, right? Could go downhill quickly. And under dramatic subcategory of dramatic, we also have to throw in romantic. Romantic kind of falls into that, um, same group of drama, right? And then it could have violent, um, results also. So that is like, you know, somebody could decide that there's a huge problem with their, your relationship um, or they really don't like you for whatever reason. Um, and so they, you know, blew up half the town or whatever that ends up well, being. Well, your love affair with the, um, your love affair with the uh, superhero bad guy um, is discovered by the bad guy's henchmen who oh, decide boy. to go after you because... You know, like, you're you're messing with the the bad guy's head. You're a liability, and you're messing with them. So now we're just going to get rid of you. Yep. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, and I mean, you know, there is obviously some. Um, well, we'll get to it. I think in a little bit, we get a little further into putting these together. I'll I'll talk about some of the things about violent that we need to take into account. There are definitely some things. Yeah. Carrying on. Okay. Um, um, the next thing. Uh, that we need to talk about is frequency of this disastrous complication. Um, so it is okay if this is just a one-time thing. So this disaster, whatever it is, comes up one time. Betrayal is a good um, example of that, where somebody is caught betraying the players, and the player's like, well, you're done. I'm no longer friends with you. The damage is done kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, or could be a many times thing. Um, it could be something like dramatic or comedic where uh, this thing keeps happening. It happens every couple stories. It happens uh, during downtime, that kind of thing. We'll talk during tips about how often it should occur. But it is the kind of thing that could keep happening. Like you have a bumbling friend um, who always says the wrong thing and, you know, creates comedic complications in every town your henchman for instance creates sure. comedic complications in every town they go in because they um like amelia bedelia like completely misunderstand and literally <laughs> translate everything they hear i don't know but like you know take it from a cool. kid's book yeah sure yeah Absolutely. You didn't think, um, let's be honest, you I didn't, didn't get think, on this show today and think you'd hear an Amelia, Amelia Bedelia. Bedelia. Yeah, I reference. was like, wow, it has yeah. been some time <laughs> since I know. That come that's, up that's what life. you That's what you get for, like, <laughs> that's what you get for listening to the show. You never know where these references will come from. All right. Amelia about, Bedelia. Yeah. Talk <sighs> about intent. Yeah, so this is one of the other building blocks that matters, right? And this is why the disaster relationship happens. 
So, and to be clear, the intent in this relationship can be different for each of the people involved in the relationship if the disaster is coming from both sides, like it might with PCs, or it might also with a PC and an NPC, right? But it could also be one-sided disaster and like one person, you know, trying, whatever it is. So when we talk about intent, we're talking about the intent of what is making this not work, and it could be happening on both sides or it could be happening on one side, right? Just to clarify everything. So this is the question of, why is this disaster relationship here? Like, why does it, um, what is making it um, kind of not work, <laughs> right? So it could be that, uh, it could be selfish. Like, it could literally be, like, just complete inconsideration um, for what the other person is is here for or for, of the other person. It could be specifically malicious. It could be, you know, the the person who ingratiated themselves with you as PCs and then was like, ha, 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 I was going to betray you all along. Um, it could be accidental. Like, it could be there, there actually wasn't specific intent to make this go wrong, but circumstances have created that scenario um or it could be fated because we are talking about games in which it's easy to say that things like fate or you know pantheons of gods whatever it is exist and that in these specific scenarios things are fated to happen right um you are fated to lose your significant other or you are fated to you know this is your star-crossed relationship right um so it's also easy to lay that kind of thing out which is kind of cool too mm -hmm. so the idea is that now that we have kind of all of these different parameters they're like your little slider bars on your soundboard right so we've got um what kind of disaster the intent of the disaster the type of impact on the game you can move around all of those sliders and those are basically the different parameters that you can define to um to to see what kind of disaster relationship you're creating like define your disaster relationship right yeah and and the thing is with the pieces that we've provided you there is a pretty wide range of disaster relationships here right we can have like the one-time comedic um accidental comedic uh disaster that you know is like um I don't know, resource, like, you know, your bumbling henchman breaks your favorite, you know, like breaks your sword or something like that, right? Like something that, you know, something that's um, funny, like, but, um, you know, like, oh, you know, you know, like, oh, I can't believe you did that kind of thing. Um, all the way to like really super dark, um, you know, physically violent, like physically violent, malicious kind of, you know, disaster relationship. Can I tell a brief gaming story? Because I think it demonstrates blending a bunch of these things really beautifully. Yeah. Um, cool. So um, I'm going to talk again about my uh, my my um, alien fiance who he didn't we none of us knew at the beginning of the game that he was actually um, sort of a uh, um, oh no praying mantis style alien person. Um, and when we discovered that um, he might have cut my estranged father in half in front of me. That happened. So that was pretty dark and had a very severe impact on our relationship. Um, and then a whole series of things happened. And a little while uh, after that, um, we were stuck on an island um, as characters. And I will never forget this moment because it was uh, still 
um, very dramatic, right? So we're talking about dramatic um, challenges here, <laughs> um, an emotional um, impact. Um, and then uh, we're in a spaceship, crashed on an island, can't get off the island. Um, we don't have any food. And his uh, changing physiology as he morphs from his human to his, like, bug person self um, is demanding a lot of calories. And he just looks over at, like, the bottom half and he's like, are you going to eat that? (laughs) And as a player to me, it was hilarious. Um, (laughs) So there's the comedic aspect as well um, in a very warped way. So just to be clear... You are making decisions that are not permanent across the board and that you can pull in all of these pieces whenever it makes sense. Yeah. That was probably a very disturbing story, but I really liked that game. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so to go to the point, right, this disaster relationship covers a lot of ground. Um, There is a wide range of what we are talking about. Can I pause you right there between sentences and have you check that your mic in Audacity is still the ATR? Because I think your computer just switched off of it. Yeah, I had actually a um, complete Bluetooth failure while you were talking. Okay, cool. We are so, good again. I marked down the time. And we're yeah, a- actually everything um, everything failed while you were talking. I lost... Um, I lost headset, I lost keyboard, I lost mouse, um, Zoom switched to uh, backups. Uh, Audacity seems to be fine. I still have waveforms. The second I started talking after your story, waveforms picked back up, so I think we're okay. But yeah, I I lost basically everything for a second. Cool. I just wanted to make sure that Audacity still had the ATR, because I don't care what you sound like to me versus the podcast. Okay. Cool. Okay. So now let's shift from the definition of what the disaster relationship. Let's talk about tips for putting this into play. So Senda, what is the, it should be no surprise to anybody who listens to the show for any length of time. What is the first thing we need to talk about? Yeah, the first, the very, very first thing that you need to talk about is consent and safety. Um, We are talking about bad relationships, like relationships that have negative impact on the people involved in them and the thing is that i think most of us in our lives have experienced some kind of relationship that did not end up being healthy for us um and we may not want to recreate that at the table um so it's really 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 important um before you start talking about building a relationship that has some inevitably inevitably bad bits right that you are having safety and consent conversations about it first. Um, And that can be about relationships in general in the game, or it can be about a very specific one. And you might want to do both if you know that you're building intentionally a disaster relationship in the game. And just to be 100% clear, this applies to everyone at the table, not just the players or player who are in the relationship, right? So the relationship that I've actually been talking a lot about a lot for this episode. I don't, it's just the one that's really stuck with me. Um, we decided that the easiest way to bring a new player into this game, because we were reprising a game that we'd played before and he hadn't been present for it, was to make him my fiance because then he was immediately invested and involved because I was his fiance. But we had to have a pretty serious conversation about the ways in which a relationship um, of like that level could or couldn't be a disaster because 
I've had a divorce. I didn't, I don't think I had a particularly great marriage. What I did not want to personally experience was any of that kind of stuff coming back at me at the table. So we actually had a very in-depth conversation about um, where we could or couldn't go with that relationship before we ever started playing the game. Um, And it's just as important Um, I might have been okay if I'd been uh, a player who was not involved in that relationship, if some of that stuff had come up for players who were involved in that relationship, but I might not have been too, right? So everyone at the table has to be on board with the level of emotional um, impact um, that will happen in that relationship or when we, because we've been saying things like physical and violent, right? Those are really key safety lines that you have to talk about because it's one thing to be like, the henchmen are going to grow across the city and they're going to like, you know, um, knock down apartment buildings until they find the right one or something, right? And like, that's still violent and it's still physical, but it's not um, pointed, directed personal abuse, which is something that you might need to talk about at your table as in saying no, um, please don't, (laughs) or whatever that line is um, for you if we're talking about disaster relationships. When you start merging things like drama, emotional, and physical together, you can end up with that sort of um, mixture. And you really, really, really need to have consent from everyone involved. And you must have a way at your table to revoke that consent at any time um, if necessary. So, cool. With all of that out of the way, (laughs) yes. So let me uh, just tack on to that, uh, which is to say that if you are a person who has um, some sort of, you know you have some sort of relationship boundary, some sort of relationship trigger or something like that, uh, this is very much a kind of thing that you could just put into your standard list of lines and veils. Yeah, 100%. It is for me, right? I, I, I have a thing. I'm like, cool, based on this game that we're playing, um, I see the potential for this to come up. I don't do emotional manipulation, right? Yeah. Like, that's not a thing. Like, in 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 significant other, like, um, intimate relationships, that's not acceptable to me. Um, there are spaces in games in which it can be, and it's, like, different and fine, but that's, like, that was actually the very specific line that we had to draw in that relationship that I was talking about. Um yeah, I have one. I have a general one, general one about uh, betrayal. Um, yeah. It depends. So there's some context to it. Uh, yes. But it basically is like if a game has betrayal as table stakes, I'm usually okay with it. I don't like it in a game that doesn't have it. Like if we're going to play Fiasco, sure. uh, then I do not put down my boundary about betrayal. I fully expect my character to be betrayed at some point in a fiasco game. But if yeah. I'm playing like some 5e, I have no intent to be betrayed by my p- fellow party members, so I will put it down as a line. Like oh, yeah. I do 100%. not want And I don't care if NPCs betray us. Like Yeah, that's different. It's very much about players player betrayal. Um right. and so because I know that, so I just like that's a thing that I can just I just take with me as my standard set of lines, right? My standard set of lines are no violence against children, no violence against animals, like violence against animals. You know what I mean? Animals, not monsters. And no player, like no PVP betrayal. Like those are just, I just show up to the table. Those are like, that's my minimum buy-in. Like I I just put this down. No violence against children, no sexual violence. Um, 
and, and actually, I shouldn't even say emotional manipulation is really a no gaslighting line, right? Oh, that's, you know, and I should say that too, right? No sexual violence either, because yeah. that's... Um, we usually, I, you usually do, because I played games with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, those are just lines that we tend to lay down. And, and, and it's important to discuss those in the context then of having a disaster relationship that has the potential to swerve in that direction. Right. Yeah. And even, I mean, I'm just saying this like in general, like if you just know that certain types of relationships are triggering or bad for you, like just Don't, take them with you as your standard lines because yeah. any game could potentially have this kind of disaster relationship Absolutely. A- and you may not even, it may not even be something that the game set out to do, but like all of a sudden the GM sees this relationship you have with an NPC and decides to like put a disaster spin on it. And then the next thing you know, they've hit one of your triggers. Right. Yeah. Whereas if you just bring it with you and just be like, I don't do these kinds of relationships and games, you're in a much safer place. Yes. Yep. Agree. Cool. Anyway, yeah, cool. Just, just good, just yep. good general safety discussion. And then, like you said before, I mentioned that all the other stuff about just, you know, having consent revoking and all of that stuff, just, you know, safety, 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 consent yeah. and safety. I, I don't know how, I mean, I, that's the foundation by which I play all my games, consent and safety. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway. But moving it, yeah, us along. It, it is worth talking about because we are talking about things that can be emotionally difficult for people to do Absolutely. sometimes. Do it with intention. Cool. Yes. So some general tips on disaster relationships actually at your table, right? Mm-hmm. Ping pong? Sure. Yes. Here we go. Uh, okay. Relationships can heal and change. Your disaster relationship can get better. That is yeah. a that is a potential outcome from the relationship. It doesn't have to stay as a disaster forever. It could be a disaster, and then part of your plot could be to uh, fix slash solve and make the relationship go from a disaster relationship to a good relationship. Yep, very good. Um, but on the other hand, uh, some relationships may have to end. Some relationships do not have a happy backout point. Um, the one that I've been using um, as a demo is is sort of um, in line with that, in which um, by the end of the actual game, we did not get married. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, it, it you know, it had it had become too much of a problem. But I, love that, I love that you're like, yeah. oh, we didn't get married as in like, oh, I had to kill him and put him in like, it, you know, in a trash compactor. Like, no. He, but I, nope, he's out there. He runs the biggest corporation in the world. Um, it's fine. No one knows that he is eating people sometimes. Um, you know, it just, it became. (laughs) (laughs) Moving right along. Um, basically when a relationship hits that point where the logical, um, resolution is that there's no reason for a player to commit to continuing to submit themselves um, to that disaster. Let it end. Don't push it past that. Let it go. Let it be done. It's fine. Um, for us, it was brilliant. Happened to align with the end of the game. It was part of our denouement. It was pretty amazing. Um, good stuff. Very good stuff. <laughs> anyway. Cool. Next one up. Um, if your relationship is going to be one that turns, right? It starts as good and then becomes a disaster. Drop some hints. Um, It is uh, difficult 
players, I think, wrestle with this a lot when a betrayal comes so far out of the blue. Like, there was never a hint, and then you suddenly got betrayed. Like, what the yeah. hell? Where did that yeah. even come from? Yeah. Um, there is, I don't want to give anything away, but if uh, any of you have watched the magnificent show Ted Lasso, um, there is a face heel turn on it and uh, in season two, and you see it building up over time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's important. Now, some people will not want to do this because what if the players pick up on it and confront it before it turns? Like, that's the risk you take, right? The risk you take is that maybe they intercept this um, potential betrayal and the betrayal doesn't happen, but you'll still get the drama of the confrontation. Um, yeah. I was going to say, I think you still get the really interesting parts of the story from that, even if yes. the end up and the action doesn't end up happening. Right. Yeah. So just, but give hints and they can be subtle hints. They don't have to be the kind of hints that players uh, in the moment will be like, oh, that person's about to betray me. But it could be the kind of thing that like after betrayal has occurred and they're like, who who could have betrayed us? And then all of a sudden somebody's like, oh, like mm -hmm. those pieces have all clicked in and been mm -hmm. like, oh, I didn't see the signs, yeah. but there were signs. People like logical consistency. Yes. Give, yep. create logical consistency. Okay. Yes. Cool. Next one. All of my devices keep making sounds. Um, good. Um, if you have uh, an NPC relationship, an NPC PC disaster relationship happening, um, or if you are PCs, this is something to then be aware of as people doing that, right? Um, if, if the impacts to the game are very large, um, or if they um, are just constant, um, one of the things to be annoying, or one of the things to be aware of is that if you are leaning too heavily on that note, it can become annoying for the other people at the table or for the people involved even, right? Um, so it's, it's something to be aware of. Um, you can't blow up a city every single time just because somebody got annoyed, I guess, unless, I mean, again, depending on the tone of the game, it's comedic and they rebuild it you know in a couple hours every time like looney tunes style then sure go for it um but um it's it's something to just be aware of that if you keep hitting that same note over and over and over again or it becomes very frustrating for the players that they can never move past this plot complication that's being presented by this relationship whatever it is um you know just kind of have that have that awareness of how often um, it's coming up in the game and how heavily it's being leaned on um, to make sure that you're kind of keeping it in the right, the happy medium place. Yeah. Uh, next one up here. Um, a relationship that starts as a disaster is going to reach a critical point, a tipping point at some point in the game. If you started off as a disaster, you are pretty much foreshadowing that there is going to be a, a confrontation of some sort, a critical um dare i say a turning point um <laughs> wow <laughs> that will I, happen i want to now make a turning point playbook that's like um my significant other is a large bug alien who eats human flesh like do i marry him or not <laughs> can i tell you something yeah as a complete side here uh-huh i've had the same thought about um when we wrote Turning Point, we were very much in a place where we were um, both deeply in pain, uh, 
um, both had been hurt and we wrote it out of like a place of pain and empathy and stuff like that and didn't ever really think about it as lighter side things. Yeah, well, because we had both just made some really difficult decisions. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, but could you write that? Like, so my significant other is an alien is an bug alien? monster. <laughs> yeah, I actually no, think no. You... It needs to just be so my significant other is an alien, just like the series yeah. of my teacher is an alien right. books. Yeah, and then you know, Great. could you also Perfect. write? Could you also write the um, the turning point of superhero and supervillain in love? Does the superhero? turn them ah! in. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, I'm telling you that there is some untapped ground for our game that we have not looked upon. I want to write these now. Yeah. That, all right. Good. Back to <laughs> return Wait, back to our return right. back to the thing. Where my point, <laughs> my point being is that, listen, if your disaster, if your relationship starts out as a disaster, prepare for some point in the campaign for there to be a tipping point yeah. where this is going to happen. Just plan for it. It's going to happen. It is an unsustainable, depending on the severity, frequency and stuff like that, it will likely become unsustainable. So yes. work it into your work it into your design. Okay. Which, 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 which actually leads directly into our next point, which is that non-comedic disasters um, can be stressful, both for the characters and for the actual players. Right. So pace them, pace them so that they're pace them so that they still have impact, um, but that they aren't, you know, going after the the heart of the uh, what am I trying to say don't go grimdark because you will totally desensitize everyone to everything you gotta pull the Buffy where like you have a lighter moment and you think it might be okay and then you like hit them with it again right pacing pace 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 that stressful stuff out it'll have more impact and uh be cooler yeah absolutely okay um I think this is our last one on the list here Mm -hmm. um before you hit the players with the complication of this disaster relationship, before you hit them with the disaster, you need to play out some of the relationship. Uh, and the reason for this is we need to have the emotional connection of the relationship so that the disaster part actually um, works better in the story. If you lead with the disaster and you're like, but you're in love with this person, but you've never had a scene where you've been in love with this person, it, it it's just going to play different. But if you have like a couple of scenes where you get to be in love, you have a romantic moment, something, something sweet. And then the disaster hits, it definitely yes. has a different feel. Yeah. Because what you're really doing is you're giving the player a reason to commit their character to trying to maintain or fix the relationship, right? Because otherwise it starts getting hard for like them to be like, you know, this is really bad. <laughs> Maybe yeah, like, should I should just, just not leave. be here. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so if you want that disaster relationship to be ongoing or to like have a, a storyline of its own, there has to be a reason to try or a reason to stay. Um, so that's, that's just, just the thing with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Let's uh, let's take it to the recap and then we'll get ready to close out the show. So, in summary, disaster relationships perfectly cool. There are a lot of parameters. Disaster relationship can mean a lot of things for different games. You will need to figure out for each relationship and the games that you have them in 
what those parameters are. We've given you a bunch of them so that you can kind of uh, tune yourself up or define it so that you know what it is. Certain ones will fit in certain games, certain ones won't. You will know that as well. Lead with safety and consent. Know what your players and you are prepared to do for a disaster relationship and what you are not prepared. I should mm-hmm. say prepared, what you do not want in your game. Yeah. Um, so that you don't run into um, a table safety issue by accident, right? Yes. Having some good lines and veils, having some discussions. And I will say this, I will, I will say this all the time. People will be like, well, I didn't like, well, this relationship started like after we did the initial part of the game and I didn't want to mention it because I didn't want to foreshadow anything about the character. And so we did it. And then there was a table safety event. I'm going to tell you that from a meta perspective, if I go to a player and be like, Hey, I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of introducing a little bit of disaster here. And, um, I was thinking, you know, like, where's your feelings? Like what's your limits on betrayal? Yeah. Right. Like what's like, yes, you're giving a little bit away, but have faith that your players actually know how to play the difference in knowledge between what they know and what their characters know. And, um, having that like quick conversation might be the difference between having a cool scene and a reveal versus having a reveal that also turns into a safety issue. Yeah. One, absolutely 100%. And, um, (sighs) there is a, it's interesting because I'm of a, this brings up a different thought for me, right? But I'm of two minds also now at this point about spoilers for movies where I'm kind of like, you know, I would rather just have that, that um, little heads up on things so that I know that I can relax and enjoy something instead of being kind of prepared to take a hit um, and or taking a hit and not expecting it, at which point I may never trust that GM again, right? Like, it's just worth it to communicate about these things and it will not ruin your game. Like, it really won't. In my experience, 100% makes games better. Um, Even if you're in the middle of a scene and it just occurs to you, like, oh man, it would be really cool if this happened. If you have any concerns... It is perfectly reasonable to say, I just had this great idea. I'm thinking this is going to happen. Um, I want to jump into describing it. Are you all okay with that? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to have the open communication at the table where even if you don't say that, that your players can say, can we roll that back? That doesn't work for me. Right? But um, if you catch people completely by surprise, um, they won't have the opportunity to do that before already being hurt. So that's... That's the key thing. Yep, absolutely. Um, And then finally, we talked about just some general tips about um, frequency and use of your disaster relationships in your game. Cool. All the time. All the time. No, not all the time. Like spice. (laughs) Use the spice model. Some spice is good. Too much spice ruins the... uh, too much spice ruins the dish. Okay. I mean, I'm playing Monster Hearts 2 right now, so I'm pretty sure it's all just disaster relationships. That's anyway. a game about disaster relationships. Exactly. In fact, everything it's great. is everything in that game is set up to be a disaster relationship. All the moves are about disaster relationships. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, My favorite. Good. Send a tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network, and then we'll move off to the closing. Yeah, absolutely. So um, here's a show that is not a disaster relationship it's two old friends ray and monica um exploring gameplay and design through the lens of diversity while also sharing some of the dumbest humor the gaming has to offer it's bonus experience and you could be listening they are not a disaster relationship the editor's sandwiches might be a little bit of a disaster though that's gross that's so gross (laughs) 
All righty. Say Senda, tell us about, um, tell us, oh, geez. Say Senda, where do people find us on the internet? You can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can uh, drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com, or you can find us on the Tiki Talkies. And if you leave us a, a note on TikTok, we will actually like use your word audio. Like that hasn't happened very often. It's happened like once now, I think. Um, we're very excited about it. It's at Idella Mifflin and at DNA Phil. Um, so send us your, your topics. I'm going to just apparently steal your part. Um, if you send us topics, then um, Phil will take them and figure out how to talk about them. He's really good at it. <laughs> Not too shabby, right? Yeah. So I screwed everything up. <laughs> pretty much what Senda said. Um, send us your topics. As always, our goal here is to uh, help you enjoy your gaming more by helping make parts of the game that may be difficult or unpleasant more fun and easier to do. And if we do that, you're going to have a better time GMing. If you have a better time GMing, you're going to run more games. People are going to have more fun playing in your games. And you're going to just persist in this hobby. And listen, that is what we are here for. As I have racked up my 40th year uh, in this hobby, I want you to be here. I want you to have 40 years of this hobby. So let's do let, let's do what we can to help you have a good time. If Yay. you like what we do here or elsewhere in the Misdirected Mark Network, hit us up at the old Patreon, patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get access to the Slack Room for Life, including our Friday um, video luncheon, of which we had some um, new people pop in. Uh, that was fun. And... Um, what else? You're going to like, there's just a ton of places to talk. It's a small community. Um, it's not huge, uh, but it is a small community of um, really good peeps. Like, I really love the people who make up our Slack community. Um, there are other Slack communities that are much bigger, um, but I have a um, I have a warm spot in my heart for ours. It is like a personal little uh, little community. We're like a college like dormitory floor kind of thing. <laughs> Um, in a good way and not a creepy way. <laughs> yeah, in a good way, not a creepy way. Uh, anyway, um, you also get access to the Bamboo Lounge from this show and the bonus outtake and the um, after show of the Misdirected Mark. Um, both are good. Both are just more candid uh, chatting about with hosts, talking about life and stuff like that. Anyway, we appreciate all of your support. It is what keeps the lights on around here. And we actually do need that. Like we have bills that have to get paid in order for this place to uh, continue to operate. Okay. Server. <laughs> yeah. Servers and backups, man. Servers and backups. All right. Yeah. Um, cool. We talked about the Patreon. There's one last Good. thing you can do. There is a thing you can do. Um, if you are able to support the Patreon, we uh, uh, appreciate it greatly. If you're unable to support the Patreon, we totally understand. But there is this other thing you can do. Senda's going to talk about it. It doesn't cost any money, but it does cost a little bit of your time. And we great we respect your time. But again, if you could just do this little thing for us. When it's a when it's available, we'd appreciate it greatly. What is that thing? Um, well, there's a couple things actually. You can let a friend know about the show, or tweet about it, or whatever you know suits your fancy floats your boat, gets it to the people that you think would actually uh, care about it and like it. Or you can also write us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice, where the reviews, in theory, help the uh, search algorithm bubble us to the top a little bit more. Um, and we massively appreciate both of those things so much it makes me feel 
warm and fuzzy inside. And like, if I'm having a down day, I just go read reviews that people wrote about the show because they're all really delightful. And uh, thank you so much to everybody who's written one. Indeed, indeed. Say, Senda, tell me about one of your disaster relationships in your Monster Hearts game. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Clicky. Check, check. Check, check. A check, a check, a check, a check, a check, a check, a check. Okay, we're going to get through this today because we are starting later than we expected. Man, we are on two different energy trajectories right now. Like <laughs> somebody okay. slept longer than me. I will carry somebody... the energy on this one. Yes. I am I am approaching nap time and you are like, oh, I just had breakfast. I like, just had breakfast and I'm drinking my tea. To be clear, I just had breakfast and I'm drinking. I'm finishing my tea. It's noon. But also I am building up my energy to record five hours of Thirsty Sword Lesbians later. So like, bring it. <laughs> yes, I just spent the morning cleaning the house, so I am like, I'm ready for nap time. All right, let's do it. All right, doing it. Bloop. Do, 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 do